Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. God is good, amen? All the time, he is good. We have an excited house today, man. I can see, feel it already. God is going to do some special things today. And uh, how many believe that? How many believe that God can do something special in your life today? Amen. Amen. I want to have an atmosphere or environment of faith in this place today as we share the word of God. And I believe that God's going to impact lives and change lives today. If you're a guest with us here today, I want to say welcome uh, to South Coast Christian. I'm Pastor Tom, and uh, we just want to say thank you for choosing to worship with us today. Uh, We believe that uh, God is into relationships. He wants our relationship with him, and he wants us to have relationship with others. And our, our whole vision for this church is to create environments in our lives to see what God can do through us. We believe that God can do the miraculous, he can do the powerful in and through our lives if you're willing to step out in faith. If you're wanting a change in your life, you step into the right place. And we hope that South Coast Christian will feel like home to you today. Um, If you walked in today, you should have received a program that said, Welcome Home. Inside that program, there's a card that we would just love for you to fill out so we can stay in touch with you. We don't ask for a lot of information, a phone number, an email address, and name. We don't ask for social security, visa numbers, anything like that. It's just, just very basic stuff. And so if you uh, would, would do so, we'd love for you to do that. After the service today, my wife, Annette, and I will be in the lobby, and we'd love to greet you today if you're a guest with us. we love to meet our guests and just to get to know your name and just have time to say hi. Uh, We are in a study uh, of the fruit of the Spirit, and our sermon series is entitled, When Life Gives You Lemons. When Life Gives You Lemons. Uh, The title describes the difficulties that we sometimes face in life, along with the question, how are we going to respond to those difficulties? I believe God wants us to look at difficulties as opportunities for His power to be revealed in and through our, our lives. How many believe that? that? That difficulties that we might face, depending on how we view those difficulties, I believe God wants us to view those things as opportunities where his glory, where his power can be revealed in and through us. How else is anybody else is going to know about the goodness of God unless it flows through us? Does that make sense? We, we, we actually... By what we do in our lives, we can make God visible to others. Our leading scripture for this series is found in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Paul writes these words to the church in Galatia. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Notice that it's the Holy Spirit that produces these fruits in our lives. It's the Holy Spirit that that does the miraculous and the results in our lives come from the Holy Spirit. This happens as we continue to grow in relationship with Christ. Last week I shared on the topic of love. And today I want to discuss the next two items that Paul listed in Galatians 5.22, and that's joy and peace, joy and peace. How do we have joy and peace in the midst of difficulties? How do we have joy and peace in the midst of difficulties? Anybody gone through any difficult times in life? 
Just, there's not been, a lot of you guys have never had any difficulties in your life. That's amazing. Let's be honest. How many of you are going through a difficult time right now in your life? Can you, yeah, can you, yeah. I love transparency. I love, I love you know what, that, you know what helps? Why do, Pastor Tom, why do you do that? Because it helps people to look around and say, oh, there's other people that are struggling with difficulties. It can actually go like, oh, there's hope for me. It can bring encouragement in the way that, hey, if God is bringing them through it, God's going to bring me through it. The Apostle Paul, he writes these words. Take this to heart. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Yeah, what? When was the last time that you faced a trial and you considered it pure joy? Think about it. Why would Paul write those words? Because he knows that when we go through trials and tribulations, and it requires us to do something that many times we don't do in our life, it requires us to step out in faith. And when we step out in faith with God, guess what? He's going to meet us there, and we should celebrate the trials and and give joy for those trials and tribulations because our faith is growing during that time, our faith in Christ. And when our faith in Christ grows, guess what? Change starts to take place. I want to begin today by defining what is joy. Joy is having a gladness and a delight. Joy is produced in your life as the Holy Spirit works in you. Joy is the recognition that the hand of God is directing your life for his glory. Joy is the recognition, is recognizing that God is working in and through your life so that other people can see his goodness in you. We find joy in our salvation. We find joy in knowing God's love. You can find joy in knowing that in this world, this world is not our final destination. I don't know about you, but sometimes I find great joy in that. That there is a greater destination for my life. Lasting joy is a direct result of God working in your life. So now the question is, we're talking about joy and peace. So what is peace? Peace is also produced by the Holy Spirit. Peace is having a quietness of mind and spirit. It's having an inner calmness and stability knowing you're at peace with the Almighty God. When you are at peace with God, it promotes peace in the rest of your life. Even in difficulties, inner peace will help you and lead you through those difficulties. It's easy to recognize those who don't have peace. We all have trials, we all have tribulations, all, but it's easy, to, when those who don't have peace, man, life just becomes shambles. Everything falls apart. As soon as the littlest of tribulation comes, all of a sudden, oh man, everything falls apart in their life. And I believe one of the reasons, because we, we struggle with inner peace, and the inner peace that we can find is through the Holy Spirit. So when life gives us lemons, that's the title of our series, How do we continue to experience joy and peace? For this message, this is the text today found in Romans chapter 15, verse 13. It's the Apostle Paul writing these words to the Christians in Rome. And he shares these words. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely 
with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of his Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word today, and I pray today, God, that it will not just return void, but it will take seed in our heart, and it will flourish as you water it by your spirit. I pray today, God, for those who come in discouraged, for those who have walked in maybe with a hopeless feeling in their life, I pray that today they will leave encouraged and they will leave filled up with hope. I pray, Lord God, that your joy and your peace will be abundant in our life today. In Jesus' name, amen. For the next few moments, I want to look at the meaning of the scripture. It's really a very simple scripture, and we can unpack it. In fact, I encourage you today as I unpack this scripture, one scripture, as you read your Bible, I want you to take notes today. I want you to think about it. As Pastor Tom is unpacking this scripture, hey, I can do something similar when I read my, when I read my word. I can all of a sudden break down this scripture and apply it to my life as well. And so that's what I'm going to do today as I'm preaching the word. I'm basically breaking down this scripture and applying it to our lives. Amen? The first thing we should recognize is this, that the Apostle Paul states, you are to be filled with joy and peace. The Greek word to fill doesn't mean partial. It has the same meaning as the English word, to fill. It doesn't mean halfway. It means full, completeness, missing nothing. In the Old Testament, the equivalent to the word fill would be to flood. Now catch this. This is a really cool thought. He will flood you with joy and peace. He will flood you with joy and peace. Have you ever seen a flood? Have you ever experienced a flood in your life? There is no stopping a flood. When the water comes, you're not, you might be able to direct it a different direction with sandbags and that kind, but you're not going to stop the water. When a flood comes, it's going to go somewheres. A flood will change the topography of the land. It will change the landscaping. It will remove trees. A flood will remove bushes. It will remove buildings. It will take out bridges. Whatever is not secured or anchored will be removed. That's what a flood does. You, see, you go in after a flood, man, it just destroyed things. It just all, when you see a tsunami come into a place, man, it wipes out everything. And it just leaves hardly anything behind. Now catch this thought, because I believe God gave me this thought for some of you here today. In a positive way, when the Holy Spirit floods us with joy and peace, it removes the negativity, the despair, the hopelessness from our life. It cannot stand up, your flesh cannot stand up to the power of the Holy Spirit that floods you with joy and peace. I'm not saying that joy and peace is going to remove the difficulties from your life, but I am saying that it removes the negative thoughts and the feelings attached to those difficulties. I'm going somewhere and I need you to grab a hold of these thoughts. As you are filled with joy and peace from the Holy Spirit, negative thoughts which, which are not anchored in God, they're not, negative thoughts are not of God. They're not anchored in God. So when the Holy Spirit floods you with joy and peace, guess what will take place? Those things that are not anchored in God will be removed. Did you catch it? Stephen, you caught it. Yeah, come on. Those negative emotions that are not, that are, those negative emotions that are anchored to our flesh, because that's where negative emotions come from. 
That's where fear and despair and hope, it comes from our flesh, begin to disappear as God begins to flood us with joy and peace. A great example of this is found in the churches of Macedonia. The apostle Paul was collecting an offering, and he was collecting an offering for, for Jerusalem, for the church in Jerusalem. And Jerusalem at that time was under extreme poverty, and they were going through a famine. And the, the, most of the Christians in Jerusalem were Jewish Christians. And the apostle Paul decided, I'm going to take it up an offering and bring it to Jerusalem. From all the churches that I have planted, from all the churches that I have been a part of, I'm going to ask them to give. And when they give, we're going to take this offering, catch this thought, because this was really a political thing as well. We're going to take this offering from the Gentiles, and we're going to bring it to the Jerusalem, to the Jewish Christians, and we're going to show them that we love them and that we're behind them. And so he's talking to the church in Corinth and he's getting them ready for this, for this offering. He's going, man, we're going to have a good offering like Pastor Tom at the end of the service. We're going to do a great, you know, he's getting, boy, you guys aren't even excited right now. I'm, I'm getting nervous about offering today. But anyhow, see, Paul has to do the same thing. He's trying to get them excited about giving. And what he does, he uses the, the churches in Macedonia as an example for the church in Corinth. Now catch this. He writes in 2 Corinthians 8, chapter 8, verses 2 and 3, the Apostle Paul. He says, and now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a severe trial... Their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Did you catch this? Look at that verse 2 again. In the midst of severe trial and extreme poverty, they overflowed with joy and generosity. Their troubles, their difficulties were not robbing them of joy. They weren't living in fear and hopelessness because of their circumstances. Instead, they were overwhelmed and, and, over, and joy was overflowing in and out of their lives. They gave out of their extreme poverty. It's a great example of how the Spirit of God living in us can overcome the weaknesses of our flesh. Selfishness and greed have to take a back seat to joy. Selfishness and greed have to take a back seat to joy. The fruit of joy and peace in our life will impact how we respond to life and how we respond to others. It will have a direct influence with all those that are around us. There is a natural benefit to others when you overflow with something that is valuable. When you overflow with something like that is valuable, joy and peace, guess what? Anybody that surrounds you is going to get some benefit from that joy and peace in your life. The second thing that I want to share from this passage of Scripture, Romans 15, 13, is this. That our joy and peace comes by trusting God. Joy and peace is a byproduct of our trust in God. It's having complete faith in God. It's being committed to trusting that God knows what's best for my life. I got to tell you right now, there's been times in my life that I've gone, God, what in the world are you doing why are you taking me to, to out into the desert to help plant a church in the place that is called Sin City? Lord, what's, what's, what are you doing with me, Lord? 
Why are you doing this? Why are you choosing? There's times I've gone, and trusting God is coming to the place where he says, God, you know what's best for my life. See, I look back on those circumstances that I thought was going to be terrible, and God turned those things around for my best and for his glory. He can do the miraculous in and through your life. If my confidence is based on my earthly circumstances, then every difficulty that I face will negatively impact my relationship with God. I'm going to read that again because this is truth right here that you can take a hold of. If my confidence is based on my earthly circumstances, so if my confidence is based in my bank account, if my confidence is based in my home, if my confidence is based in my family, you, you fill in the blank. Then every difficulty that you face in life will negatively impact your relationship with God. Sadly, this is the culture of our day. If I don't like my current circumstances, I'm going to move. If I don't like my current circumstances, I'm going to change jobs. If I don't like my current circumstances, I'm going to change spouses. If I don't, you fill in the blank. Ooh, Pastor Tom, you're stepping on toes. Yeah, it's okay. I'm not saying there aren't times when we need to detach from something. The Bible says that we are to flee evil and pursue righteousness. But we can't use this as a scapegoat to flee those things that we just don't like. That's not, that's, we cannot do that. We think by detaching or abandoning the situation, we'll resolve our problems and our difficulties. So I've done this myself. There's times in my life where I attach my, 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 I attach my, my, my problems to a difficulty that I'm having in life right now. So I'll, I'll, I'll attach this emotion to that difficulty. And so I'm just going to get rid of that. I'm going to walk away from that job because that's causing these inner issues in my life. Yet time after time, our problems keep traveling with us. Because our problems were never, catch this, is so good. Our problems were never attached to those things we chose to abandon. Our problems were never attached to those things we were chose to abandon. It is those uncontrolled emotions that cause us the greatest difficulties in our life. Yet we choose to blame our problems on our circumstances because taking ownership of our problems is too difficult and too painful. Oh, I hit somebody over there. Come on, somebody. I love this group right over here in the front row. James writes these words. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? One of the most important things that we can do in life is to learn how to identify the core problem in life, in our life. Large corporations will hire troubleshooters to analyze and identify what is causing the decline of sales or what is causing the production, you know, the production line is in decline. What's causing that? Years ago when I was living in Seattle where I was born and raised, and of course it's the home of Boeing, and I remember a story that came about regarding Boeing because they couldn't figure out, the corporate officers couldn't figure out why this, the line on 737, when they were trying to pr produce these planes, they had slowed down. I can't remember. The, the, they were producing a third or a half of what they used to produce 20 years before. And they couldn't figure out why, why is the production down? What's the reason? And they were really thinking it had to do with something with the employees. You know, they weren't being lazy or they just weren't doing their... And so what they ended up doing is they brought back these former, these retirees 
out of retirement, they say, we need you to come here and to identify. We need you to troubleshoot. What is the issue? Why are we not, why is the production line slowed down so much? And after these retired employees reviewed everything and analyzed everything, said, it's simple. You have so many needless regulations that the employees can't get their job done. It takes them an hour to check out a wrench and sign off with a wrench. He said, you're never going to produce what we used to do because you have these needless regulations. Not, not important regulations. Ones that just had some of that, oh, this would be a good idea, and they put in a needless regulation. And it was slowing the entire plant down. They had to identify what the real issue was. See, corporate officers were thinking one thing. The retired employees came in and said, no, 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 it's this thing, and they were right. And they change that whole thing around. In our lives, so many times what happens, we see our problems and we attach them to difficulties. We think that's what it is. But we need to troubleshoot. We need to analyze what's our problem. And we need to look at that thing and find out what the root of the problem is. And we need to go after that. Learning to identify the real issue is invaluable to your success. In Romans 15, 13 Paul gives us a formula to joy and peace. And he helps us troubleshoot those times when we struggle with fear and insecurity and jealousy and sadness and so on and so on. That's a formula that we should write down. It's a formula that we should keep in our Bible. It's a formula maybe you have on your iPhone or you write it on your mirror. Why am I sad? Why am I angry? Why am I upset? Oh, the Bible says it's because I'm trusting in my flesh instead of trusting in God. Because joy and peace comes when I trust in God. And if I don't have joy and peace, maybe I'm putting my trust in my flesh or in my circumstances. Remember, it's the Holy Spirit who produces the fruit in our life. It's the Spirit of God. You don't need to detach from the source that is transforming you. All of a sudden, I've watched it, and it drives me crazy. When all of a sudden, difficulty comes in someone's life, and all of a sudden, I see them detached from the church. You want to see a pastor spit rocks? Have you seen him spit rocks before? I'll start spitting rocks, okay? I don't know what that says, what that means, but I, I'm going to start spitting rocks. Because the last thing a person who's going through difficulty should ever do is detach themselves away from the very thing that can change their life, and that is God. We need to run to church. We need to ask God, Matt, I need answers today. I need hope today, God. We must choose to draw near to God and trust him. James writes, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Catch this. You will never fully receive from someone you don't trust. You will never fully receive from someone you don't trust. You will enter into the relationship with skepticism and uncertainty. You will hold on to everything loosely and never fully embrace what they offer. Now, when the giver feels that uncertainty and mistrust, then they will never catch this. They will never fully give to you what you're capable, what, what you're not capable of receiving. They will recognize it. Wait a minute, they don't trust me. And they will pull back the very thing that you need because they don't feel that trust. We need to have trusting relationship with our Heavenly Father. 
The Heavenly Father needs to know that he can trust you with even greater gifts, that he can part to you greater gifts. Entrusting is the ability to transfer your trust in or on someone. Paul states our joy and peace is directly connected to our ability to trust God. As we put our trust in God, we are choosing to remove our trust from our circumstances and difficulties. When we put our trust in God, we're choosing to remove our trust from our circumstances and difficulties. Isn't that what fear is? Isn't fear trusting our circumstances? Oh, man, do you hear what's going to happen? Man, my life is over. Everything's going to fall apart. Because we're trusting. Fear is trusting our circumstances. Fear is trusting our difficulties. Fear is trusting our problems. Instead of putting our trust in God, who is, the, who is the resolver of our problems, instead of putting our trust in the one who can solve all of problems, we put our trust in our difficulties. It's called fear. When life gives you lemons, how are you going to respond? How are you going to respond? The third consequence that I want to share today about joy and peace, or about Romans 15, 13, is the consequences of joy and peace is overflowing hope. The consequence of joy and peace is overflowing hope. Let's read this scripture one more time. Romans 15, 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, this is Paul praying to the Christians in Rome. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is interesting. It's kind of an interesting how this whole thing begins. The scripture reminds me of, of the saying, you know, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Because the scripture begins of declaring that God is the source of hope. He is the giver of hope. He, who, will find, who will fill you and flood you with a joy and peace because of your trust in him. Then the results of that joy and peace is that you will re- overflow with confident hope. So the very one that get, that's a source of hope will give you joy and peace as you trust in him, and he comes back around and gives you more hope, gives you hope. Our hope and our trust in God inspires our joy and peace, and our joy and peace results in having overflowing hope. Let me ask a question. Can you ever have too much hope? I don't think so. Hope should be continually growing in our life. It should be abundant and overflowing. Paul says in an earlier verse in Romans, he says, We should rejoice in hope. Rejoice in hope. Hope is having an assurance that Christ is working in and through your life. So joy and peace, along with hope, they work together. They work in tandem with one another. They encourage one another. When you have joy and peace, you're going to be given more hope. When you continue to have hope in God, guess what's going to happen? You're going to have joy and peace. They work side by side. They work together. Joy and peace, hope, joy and peace, hope, joy and peace, hope. How cool is God, who created a spiritual system that helps refill the areas most needed in our lives? Joy and peace, hope. As you stay stay in step with the Holy Spirit, his promise is this, joy and peace. And hope will overflow your life. It's like riding a tandem bike when Annette and I were in Italy a while back, a couple months ago or whatever it was. We went riding on top of this wall the city, um, what's the name of that city? Luca. We, took, we rented bikes and we saw some people who were 
riding tandem. I wasn't brave enough to try that because I know you have to be in sync together. And I'm not sure if Annette are in sync together enough to ride a bike. Just being honest. But God wants you to get on a tandem bike. And he wants you to allow the Holy Spirit to be in the front seat of that tandem bike. And then he wants you to be in perfect harmony, unity with him in sync with the Holy Spirit. As the Holy Spirit is is driving, is leading, you're following along. You're in perfect step with the Holy Spirit. And when that starts to take place in your life, guess what? Joy and peace starts to become abundant in your life. And when joy and peace starts to become abundant in your life, guess what takes place? All of a sudden, hope all of a sudden fills your life. You have hope that you were searching for. It's found through the power of the Holy Spirit. Hope is a necessity for our life. 10% of our population suffer with depressive disorders. 10% of our population suffers with depressive disorders. One of the fastest growing markets for antidepressants is preschoolers. True statement. We have a problem. I'm not saying that the depression is not real. I'm not saying that there might be a physical reason for that depression. I'm just saying that I know a God who is powerful, and by His Spirit, He can help you with that. He can. He can overcome those things that physically we cannot overcome, but He can do it supernaturally through His Spirit. We either believe the Bible or we don't believe the Bible, people. We either trust God or we don't trust God. We've come to a place in life so many times now that we just say, oh man, I'm just stepping on toes. Man, I need to to go to the doctor and find a new medicine because man, I just don't feel very good today. We think of prayer as a final resort when we're on our deathbed. We search for physical doctors over the real doctor, Jesus Christ. I'm not saying that physical doctors aren't good. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that medicine is not good. I'm just saying that we're forgetting about the source that we need to stay connected to. And when there's things in your life, why not pray? Why not believe in faith that God can do the miraculous? See, we need to be a church that steps out in faith and believes. Something, man, God, I need your help. We need to search for God first. Yeah, come on. We need God to fill our lives with joy and peace so that we can experience greater hope. Our hope should overflow. What would happen from South Coast Christian that the people that are involved here fellowship with one another? There was such a hope in our lives that it started to overflow in other people's lives. When people walked in the parking lot, they stepped into the lobby, they came into the church, and during the worship time, all of a sudden, do you sense that? Do you feel? I haven't felt that before. What is that? It's joy. It's peace. I've had more people leave this church and they say, man, I have so much hope. Thank you for the message today. Thank you for the worship time. Man, the greeter out there, when they greeted me, they were so joy-filled. They were so filled with God's love. Man, it just changed my whole outlook as I walked in today. That's hope. Flooding out. Overfeeling like a flood. And it's impacting not just your life, it's impacting others' lives. That's why stories of change are so important. Because it's evidence or for old schoolers, testimonies. That's why testimonies are so important. 
See, I guess I'm old school. Now I'm talking their language. I'm old school, by the way. Except one. I'm old school, new school. Let me just say that. I'm, I'm kind of going both lines. I do break out with old songs once in a while at home, and that goes, where'd that come from? I said, I don't know, just in my past, babe, I love it. Why stories of life change are so important because it's evidence of God's power working through his people. And when you hear a testimony, and that's why we show stories up on the, on the wall or we have them on Instagram, we want people to understand that God is real and that God can impact your life. If you create an environment where God can step into your life, he can change your life. He can transform your life. The last part of Romans 15, 13 states, our hope comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a supernatural, miracle-working power. That verse in 15, 13 about, talks about power is the same power that you find in Scripture when Jesus heals the deaf, when Jesus makes the blind see, when Jesus last, raises Lazarus from the dead. It's that dunamis power, the Greek word dunamis power. It's a supernatural power. I believe God can supernaturally transform your life if you choose to put your trust in Him. There's a supernatural joy and peace that goes beyond our understanding. It's the peace that passes all understanding. I'm not saying that difficulties will disappear, but I am saying that you can have joy and peace through your difficulties. Many times a supernatural joy and peace is the most visible and evident in the lives of those who are going through the most traumatic and difficult things in life. And all of a sudden you can find joy and peace in their life. You wonder, how does that person, how can that person be so positive? How can they be so joy-filled when they're in the midst of tragedy? How can that happen? It's interesting, in the English New Testament, the shortest scripture in the Bible is Jesus wept. You guys know it. Shortest verse in the English New Testament, Jesus wept. Do you know the shortest verse in the Greek New Testament? It's not Jesus wept. It's rejoice always. Throw, just throw the little nugget of truth out there. Rejoice always. I share that because I think the two of them live together. I think you can experience sorrow and still have the joy of the Lord as your strength. I don't think that you have one and not, you can have joy when you're going through sorrow. I've seen it when people are lying in their deathbed and they're filled with joy and hope and glory from the, the Holy Spirit. It's an amazing thing. How do you have that? It's supernatural. It goes beyond our physical ability. It's something that the Holy Spirit downloads into our life as we put our trust in God. He fills us up with joy and peace. 2 Corinthians 6. Paul writes about hardships that he has faced in his ministry. Man, his list is extensive. Do you ever feel sorry for yourself? Go read Paul's list, man. <laughs> They're extensive. Like two shipwrecks, bitten by poisonous snakes, stoned two or three times. I mean, the list goes on and on. If I ever feel down, I just go, oh, let me read about Paul. But in verse 10, he states this in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 10, he states, Our hearts ache, but we always have hope. Our hearts ache, but we always have hope. Sorrow and rejoicing to be present at the same time. The joy and the peace comes from the Holy Spirit. It's God's joy and peace in your life that can bring supernatural hope 
Today you can receive the miracle code by putting your trust in Jesus. If you want to put your trust in Jesus, He can change your life just like that. It's a promise in His Word, and His promises never broken. Amen? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word today. I thank you that your word does not return void, but it is powerful. And God, as your scripture says, as we put our trust in you, as we put our trust in your word, Lord God, you're going to give us joy and peace, which will bring supernatural hope. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast. Because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.